Hi guys, and welcome to the very first episode of Geeks Speak, a podcast for geeks, by geeks. I'm Taylor, your day-to-day video editor, Disney fanatic, Hogwarts student, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Torchwood member. I'm Jalen, your everyday poli-sci grad student, local historian, Jedi general, Jurassic Park ranger, and Justice Leaguer. Geek Speak will mainly be guest-focused, but for the first two episodes, I truly wanted you to get to know your hosts. And for our first episode, the topic is, can the evil Hufflepuff truly exist? Now, I definitely believe they can. I've been thinking this for years. And then recently, I saw a post on the internet saying that Bellatrix Lestrange should be a Hufflepuff and not a Slytherin. She was only a Slytherin because J.K. Rowling was putting every single evil person besides Peter Pettigrew, in to Slytherin. So this brings us back to the main point. Can a Hufflepuff be evil? And yes, they can. Because nowhere in their traits of the house does it say anything about being good. The three main traits of a Hufflepuff are patience, hard work, and loyalty. And this can come about in any type of person. So in the rest of the episode, me and Jalen here will be going back and forth discussing characters we think truly fit the concept of being an evil Hufflepuff. Dun, dun, dun. So, to start with that, what is your first character that you believe can truly, truly pull off this major thing of the evil Hufflepuff? So, for this, we're going to go to the Star Wars galaxy, and my first people are clone troopers when their inhibitor chips are activated, stormtroopers, and battle droids. All three of these different classes of soldiers are evil Hufflepuffs because they, one, are supporting an evil government. They're loyal to said evil governments. They're, well, obviously them how hard they fight is based off of how hard they're, like, their loyalty to that government. They'll always do their orders to the letter. And, well, each one of them are unfortunately programmed, well, battle droids and clone troopers, unfortunately, were programmed to follow said government, so that's their acts of patience and also look. Well, loyalty. is that exactly patience? Because they're being programmed. They're not actually patient. They're programmed to be, like, very assertive. So does that actually make them patient or hardworking? Well, they have to be patient for the next orders, and also for stormtroopers, since they're actually being paid for their jobs and their services, they actually have to be hardworking. And clones, because, again, their loyalty under inhibitor chips are being pumped up to 11, any lo- any act of disloyalty or any failure for the Empire is bad for them, so they have to work hard. And Battle Droids, well, if they don't do their work, then they get melted down and reprogrammed. So this is basically hard... Well, then is that hardworking or just fear? That's so more- they're afraid to have this happen to them. I mean, it's hard work through fear, so I would say that's hard work. And plus, they are doing it with dedication. I mean, if you're a Stormtrooper or a Clone Trooper, you're doing it because... The Empire is what keeps the galaxy going, so that's a sense of hard work. Like, everything I do is for the safety of the galaxy, so that's hard work. Well, does that mean that you believe every single clone trooper has the same exact house, and they're not allowed to have their own individual personalities? I'm glad you brought that up, hun, because for a future GeekSpeak topic, I will actually talk about what each clone trooper unit would be sorted into before the inhibitor chips are activated. When the inhibitor chips are activated... All clones are in the evil Hufflepuff category, but before they were activated, clone trooper units had their own distinct houses that they would be in. Granted, of these clone trooper units, one would be like 
I would say a morally ambiguous um, Hufflepuff, not exactly evil, but that will be a future topic for Geek Speak. So, moving on to my first character from the same exact universe, it is Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. And I believe he is the perfect candidate for an evil Hufflepuff, mainly because of his loyalty to Palpatine, which becomes so strong it is the main reason he switches from the light to the dark side. Before that, he was very loyal to Obi-Wan Kenobi and his family, Padme. He was very hardworking at learning to become a Jedi and everything in the categories above. Patience, hardworking, and loyalty were there when he was on the good side. But then when he moved over to the dark side, those exact qualities are what changed him. I see, when it comes to Anakin Skywalker, I always viewed him as a Gryffindor, especially when you watch like the Clone Wars and how he acts. Like He kind of is more reckless, similar to like you know, James and or Harry. I can see where you're coming from. Anakin always did remind me of a Gryffindor, but does that mean we can consider Dark Vader and Anakin Skywalker two different people at this point? I mean, he considers them, he considers them different, like two different people. Whatever happens to Anakin, Darth Vader treats it as another life. But, so Darth Vader does fit the description of an evil Hufflepuff because everything he does is not just for Palpatine, but for the Empire. Like, one of the things that I love about Darth Vader is when he talks about his job, he's like, look, if I'm killing you, it's for the good of the Empire. I don't get any pleasure from it. Like my master, I'm not sadistic. Vader believes what the Empire is doing for the galaxy is good. He will throw down his life for the good of the Empire if it means spreading peace and justice to the galaxy. That is one thing I think always comes in to play most of the time with an evil Hufflepuff. They have to believe they are doing it for the better of humanity or for the better of that one person they are extremely loyal to. Going back to Bellatrix Lestrange, everything she did was for Voldemort because she thought it was better for him and that he was eventually going to do what was right and get rid of all the Muggleborns and everything. But in her mind, that was the path that needed to be taken for the world to be good and better. So, on to your next character. Speaking of trying to do the good for their people, we have General Zod from Superman. So, General Zod, especially if you look at it from, like, um, Man of Steel, like the Zack Snyderverse, and also in other contexts such as sci-fi's Krypton, General Zod's action is always done for the good of Krypton. He actively tries to overthrow the Kryptonian government to save Kryptonian lives from the cataclysm that will eventually destroy Krypton. Unfortunately... Again, he does it from, he takes Madison in his own hands, despite the fact that even Jarrell's like, look, the plan's going to be destroyed, we just save all of Krypton, while Zod is like, yes, we just save these specific worthy bloodlines of Krypton. Every action that General Zod does, as he states, no matter how cruel, was for the better fit of Kryptonian society. Was there anyone that he was extremely loyal to, or would you say his people? That he was loyal to his people and the survivability of his race. So he's so what he does is for the love of Krypton, he's loyal to the Kryptonian, you know, way of life. But he well, that was his sense of loyalty and that's what he put his drive into. Hmm. Interesting. I guess I could go along with that. So he's an evil Hufflepuff. Now, my next one is probably the first thing you guys thought of when I said evil Hufflepuff. It is the most obvious one known to date. Harley Quinn. She is the definition of an evil Hufflepuff. She was good. She was very, very close to being a Ravenclaw to begin with. But her loyalty for this one guy named the Joker took over her entire life. She does everything for him. She is evil because of him. She is patient and hardworking in the process of everything she has to do 
for him. She waits for him for days on end, thinking he'll come back to her. She sits around in prison, minding her own business, being as patient as humanly possible, just waiting for him to come back so she can put all her hard work into being loyal to him. And how does this guy repair? With a slap to the face, leaving her to get captured by Batman. She deserves better, and thankfully the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max is showing how well she's doing on her own. And also thank you, Suicide Squad and the Harley Quinn movie. Truly, an evil Hufflepuff through and through. If you guys did not believe in the Hufflepuff, go look up Harley Quinn. And even if nobody else in this podcast makes you believe in the evil Hufflepuff, she is the definition of the word evil Hufflepuff. For anyone who has HBO Max, go to Batman the Animated Series and watch the episode Mad Love. That will show you how of an evil Hufflepuff she truly is. On to your next character. Prove me wrong with another character. Okay. Want me to prove you wrong? You want me to prove you wrong? Fine, I'll prove you wrong with Megatron from Transformers War of Cybertron. Okay, that I would have never automatically gone to. Now, of course, everyone who's seen, like, older cartoons and obviously the movie, we all think of Megatron as the power-hungry dictator robot that he is. Yeah, but, that automatically makes me think Slytherin. But however, if you watch Netflix's War of Cybertron, which is a fantastic series, it's getting its third season, you see a Megatron that is not as evil as other iterations. He's willing to negotiate with Optimus Prime to end the Civil War. In fact, if you've watched season one, Optimus is the one that's like saying, no, I will not negotiate with this guy when Megatron is reaching out an open arm. And you see Megatron go through many difficult decisions of leadership. Like, in season two, in the first episode, he has to... He visits Enenjohn factory ran by Decepticon workers, and mm -hmm. they're all like, yo, we're a great hero, and, like, we're going through some problems, but we're working everything. And he's like, you are all doing well for Decepticon cause. And when he leaves, like, he looks so weary at the decision he has to do because Shockwave says in order to power the Decepticon ship to fly after Optimus... They have to cipher, they have to diverge Enenjohn, which means a lot of dead Decepticons. And Megatron, with a weary voice and sorrow in his eyes, he basically does it. But does he do it for the better of the society or the people or the good of something? Or does he just kind of, even if he's sad about it, do it because it has to be done? Like, Draco Malfoy has been sad over a lot of things. And he's still a Slytherin. Megatron, the reason why Megatron does this is because... Optimus, in the end of Season 1, basically launches the AllSpark, which is the life source of all Autobots, into space. So basically, as Megatron states, Optimus has basically condemned all of Cybertron into a cold, like, a slow, agonizing death. Megatron has to go up to space to find the AllSpark to bring it back to restore life to Cybertron. So he's doing this for the good of, well, Cybertronians as a species, but... He has to make these difficult choices, and of course, because he's a Septicon, he has the evil moniker to it. I mean, the reason why Optimus launches the AllSpark was because they were going to use the AllSpark to transform Autobots into Decepticons, like, almost like a hypnosis sort of thing. But Megatron is still sorrowful with his decisions. He's not as bloodthirsty as he is in different iterations. True. Would you say that, though, is because of his loyalty to his planet and his people? Or because he is extremely prideful in his planet and his people. Because that is a very, very fine line that we have to think of with all of these that can make them go from evil Hufflepuff to just full-on Slytherin. I mean, I think his loyalty to his people because in different Transformer iterations, there's many reasons for why the Cybertronian Civil War starts in this iteration. 
from what Megatron has been describing, because Megatron in this universe also started off like a gladiator or like a low-class slave, so the Decepticons are practically like slaves overthrowing the Autobot bourgeoisie regime, so it seems like it's more for concern for his people rather than full-on his own pride. So I think this iteration... Well, even of- not just his own pride, but the pride of his planet. Because even that is very, like... Because a lot of Slytherins are, like, proud of their family. That's why they like to not kill their families. I think it's more out of, again, loyalty to his people. I don't think it's, like... If your planet is dying, you kind of want to do this. You're, what your actions are doing, if you're trying to save the Allspark to bring life back to your planet, that's kind of loyalty to them. If Megatron was prideful, he would have just said, all my Decepticons, you guys are leaving with me, the Autobots can stay here to die, but he's bringing back the Allspark for the loyalty of all Cybertronians, for everyone on Cybertron, Autobots and Decepticons alike. I guess I can agree with all of that. Because I can show you the exact opposite point of where that character is coming from and prove that they are an evil Hufflepuff. A version of that character would be a Dalek from Doctor Who. You can tell me if I'm completely wrong here. Because they think they're doing it for the betterment of their people. They think they're doing it for the good of their society and everything they're doing is good when it comes to literally murdering everything in their path. But that is because they are so prideful of their race. Their planet is not dying. They think they're the best thing in the freaking universe. And... I think that is the Slytherin version to what you are talking about. I agree with that. So, that proves you right, for once. Now, on to my next character, and just a warning, almost the rest of my characters are all Disney henchmen. Not all of them, but 90% of them. So, my next character is actually going to be Smee from Peter Pan, Captain Hook's first mate. And this is because he is very similar to, I would say, an Uncle Iroh character. But... He never ends up being good. He's always there for the good of Captain Hook. He is pretty much the closest thing Captain Hook has to, like, a mother figure, truly. He's the one that takes care of him. He's the one that'll protect him no matter what. If Captain Hook gets scared, he runs to Smee and holds on to him for dear life. Smee is the evil good mother to him. Like, that really didn't make sense there, but Smee would do everything he could for the betterment of the crew and for Hook no matter what it took, because he cares about Hook strangely so much and protects him like Hook's a little tiny child, which is similar to what Iroh did for Zuko. Zuko. But Iroh still had like more of a moral complex, and Hook I don't think did. He was never like, oh, let the kids free, let them fly away. No, he was there with Hook saying, I am going to destroy Peter Pan for you, my dear child. Well, I mean... There's many iterations of Smee and Hook, and I agree with not just Dizzy Smee, but like every version of Smee that's come into existence. Ironically, I was going to say, if you want a more complex look at their relationship, watch Sci-Fi Neverland from 2011. should be on YouTube. I've always wanted to watch that, but I just never have. How can you not watch that? That was... Okay, we'll get into... We'll dive into that later. I've seen every version of Peter Pan, because like I'm very into the live-action ones. Hook is an awesome movie. I watch so many things that are Disney or non-Disney. That really old live-action Peter Pan with, like, the little blonde kid. I forget what his name was. But, like, I've seen all of them. And, yeah, in all versions, Smee is the protective mother figure to Captain Hook. Except for maybe Once Upon a Time. But that is because Captain Hook ends up being an anti-good hero, kind of, and almost ends up being good at the end. Yes. And Smee isn't really involved in the entire show. But besides that, the normal-ass version of Shmee is an evil Hufflepuff. Yes, I mean, the way I see it, like, Shmee is Hook's ride or die. I mean, he probably was there when Hook's hand got cut off by Peter Pan, and after said, 
hand was cut off, Peter Pan fed it to TikTok the Croc. So, if you're just me and you watch your captain lose their hand to a 10-year-old, 12-year-old boy who fed it to a crocodile, you gotta be like, wow, I, I gotta follow this guy. This guy's hurting. I mean, this guy's gotta be hurting. So, yeah, Shmee has to, I mean, that's, has to be, but I think chooses to be loyal to Captain Hook because maybe there's a bit of sympathy there. And if you don't believe Shmee is really evil or a villain in some way and more of an Uncle Iroh character, I believe you are wrong there. If you go read or watch Disney's Descendants, he is on the island of the villains, of the evil, where Uncle Iroh, if they were part of the Disney universe, would never be on that island. He would be on the hero island, probably. So that defines him in the Disney universe as an evil character, a villain, per se. I mean, Uncle Iroh only stole perfume from a bunch of nuns. Me is helping a guy get away with child murder. Yeah, as similar as they are in character personality types, that is the main difference here. So, what's your next character? Now that I have brought us into this weird world of killing children's while being a Hufflepuff. Oh boy. My next character is also a Transformer. This time, Starscream from Transformers Armada. Now, what makes this Starscream different from the rest, besides his beautiful, touching death scene at the hands of Unicron, which makes me go to tears, that's when boys became men when Starscream died at the hands of Unicron. But this Starscream was different because, unlike every Starscream that tries to backstab Megatron for power, this one was truly loyal to Megatron for a fault. Every action that he did in the name of the Decepticons was to try to earn Megatron's respect. As Megatron stated, literally on his death scene, he stated that Starscream was always too weak to earn his respect, and that was like a gut-wrenching thing for an evil Hufflepuff. He was patient to stand up with Megatron for like thousands of years, because Transformers are robots, they don't really... Eh, they don't age. For thousands, <laughs> I was gonna say. For thousands, actually millions of years, considering where they landed on Earth. For millions of years, to being patient with Megatron, to be loyal to him, to follow, like, every direction, and to just for the want of having Megatron say, like, you are a worthy person. That's an evil Hufflepuff to the core in, like, so many ways. So, is he loyal to one person, or his group of people? He's loyal to the Decepticon cause, but this Starscream was just very much loyal to Megatron. He, like, as he said, he always wanted to be worthy of his respect. Ah, so then... I guess that does fall more into the Evil Hufflepuff category. As we're going along, I would like to mention, everyone, leave us a comment on social media. Leave us a comment or review below and tell us, are we correct in these things or are we just all crazy and the Evil Hufflepuff doesn't exist, even though Harley is the main, main, main definition of that. Besides her, are we just all crazy? Please Even what? though I believe the Evil Hufflepuff is in existence and I've thought this for years. Try and prove us wrong. Or tell us what you think an evil Hufflepuff could be, who they could be, and are we right? Please watch Transformers Armada. It's kind of good. It's like Transformers anime. Now, on to my next character. This person, I'm not even exactly sure if you could call them evil, but they are technically a villain within their first movie. They are a henchman. So, in a way, by association, they are evil. Now, let me just spit it out. This person is Kronk from Emperor's New Groove the most Hufflepuffy person in the entire world, who I could never even look at and call evil. But is he actually evil? Could he technically be an evil Hufflepuff, at least in the beginning? Okay, we're talking about Kronk. He's not an evil Hufflepuff. He's an evil spinach puff. 
get it right. I would say in that, I mean, in that context, we'll say yes, he's loyal to Yzma, he's, well, he's more patient than she is, I mean. He's extremely patient, extremely hardworking, but he also tried to poison Cusco to help her in the end. He wasn't afraid of poisoning Cusco. Even though he screwed up, he didn't not like the idea. Double negative, sorry, but he was all for it. Actually, he was the one to suggest poisoning Cusco, because... You're right. Well, he was doing... He was being rhetorical, but... Okay, what Kong is doing as an evil Hufflepuff... Okay, political coups, that's like... That's so common. Like, CIA has done it. Many people have done that. It's still bad, but luckily it was just one emperor. So, evil Hufflepuff, yeah, but you're like the most nonchalant evil Hufflepuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if you keep going, Kronk's new groove, the TV show, he is the least evil person ever. But is he still evil? This is a question that's going to go back and forth in my head until the day I die. You're going to get a lot of hate mail from, like, Disney fans. That is why I support Warner Brothers more than Disney. Why? He can be evil. That's what I'm saying. Disney creates these such complex characters that I can't tell if he's evil or if he's just the best friend character. He is so complex that he can be both. And he can be an evil Hufflepuff that actually does, not even an evil Hufflepuff, a normal Hufflepuff who can actually do something wrong while still being your everyday loving Hufflepuff to most of society. And still comes up with the idea to poison the Emperor that he one day becomes best friends with. I know, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just being rhetorical. Well, I just downed your rhetoricalness. Oh boy, you see what I deal with, folks? I know, right? So? Oh yes, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we have no place to go, let us go, let us go to Clue from Tron Legacy, which is one of my favorite Disney movies. Clue is a power-hungry dictator, but he's loyal to the idea of creating the perfect system. This was something that his creator, Kevin Flynn, played by Jeff Bridges, lovely actor, especially in The Big Lebowski, told him to create the perfect system as a prerogative. So Clue takes on the responsibility. He's loyal to his creator at first, but then he becomes loyal to his prerogative of creating a perfect system. And to the end, he commits a lot of messed up crime. Of course, he causes a coup against Flynn and Tron. Then he creates an army to destroy ISOs, which are basically, well, sentient beings created by Kevin Flynn's grid. So opposed to programs that were created by Kevin Flynn, the grid creates its own programs. And he launches a whole plan to invade our world that takes a span of 20 years, showing how patient he is in trying to complete his goal of bringing perfection to everyone. He believes that when life is perfect, everyone is happy. Most of the time, I guess that is what makes an evil Hufflepuff. Someone who thinks they're actually doing good, it just takes going a little bit outside the box to do that good, and not because they are prideful of themselves and that they think they are the best and should be doing the best, but because they actually think they are making a difference. You could say, from what I'm saying, Thanos is an evil Hufflepuff, but no, I do not think he truly is. Why? I'm not exactly sure why and how to tell you that, but I think I believe he's actually a Gryffindor. For MCU Thanos, Gryffindor. Comic book Thanos, that's, that guy's a Slytherin. Yeah, exactly. See, he's one that could actually be a Peter Pettigrew-type character, which we don't see very often either. Yeah, we still see it, so I don't need to prove anything wrong by making a whole podcast about it. I mean, one of the things with Thanos is, like, how long has he been chasing the Infinity Stones, so that's, like, that's one thing he's with He's power-hungry. Even though he thinks he's doing it for the better of mankind, he's still a little power-hungry, 
and that's what takes him away from being a Hufflepuff and makes him more of a Slytherin or even a Gryffindor-type person. Although, because in the beginning of Endgame, he destroyed the Infinity Stones because he didn't want to fall into the allure of the Infinity Stones. So, again, MCU Thanos is different. Is a very complicated person, and I've always been stuck on him there. So, tell me on any form of social media or podcast media that you can tell me. Am I wrong, confused, or what is Thanos? What house would you put him in, and why? Now, jumping off of Thanos into my next character, which at the moment... In this exact moment, I am kind of actually doubting if I'm right here, and that they may just be a Slytherin, but this character is LeFou from Beauty and the Beast, and LeFou from the animated movie. Not the new live action, because in that way, LeFou has a change of heart and ends up being his gay, wonderful self in the end of the movie. But in the animated version, he is loyal to Gaston. He is treated like absolute crap by Gaston, and he still follows him through and through, treats him like a freaking god, and thinks he is the best thing ever, even though he's just like this little idiot off to the side who's never going to find a girl, but he has to find this girl for this gorgeous dude, and he just follows his every will. He's very patient with him, because Gaston can be a lot to deal with. I don't know about how hardworking he is. He seems kind of a little bit like a slack-off, but if Gaston tells him to do something, I am pretty positive he would go and do it. Like, he has a whole song where he just talks about how wonderful Gaston is. Like, Gaston is the best person with the thickest neck and the strongest person. He literally praises him for a whole, like, three minutes while he sings. So, does that give me an evil Hufflepuff? Or is he just so prideful of Gaston that it's taken over his judgment? From what you described of LeFoum, which I've only seen the animated version, he is what we would call a male pre-revolutionary French version of Harley Quinn. So, yes, evil Hufflepuff. Full straight then and there. So you're proving the live-action version by saying he is extremely gay and in love with Gaston from the side. I've only seen the animated version. I've never seen the live-action version. But going off of the live-action version where he does come out as gay at the end of the movie. I'll agree to your point. Well, you just said he is a male version of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Are you going along and proving that that's a thing that should have been said from the beginning of Lefou's creation? Yeah. At least in the live-action version, he does not end up with Gaston because Gaston is... Uh, bisexual. Yes. If he knows it or not, even though he thinks he belongs with Belle, he is one of the definitions of a bisexual. And for those who don't know, bisexual is someone that's so deeply in love with themselves. Like Kanye West. On to the next character. This time we're going to, an, to one of my favorite animes, Jojo Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. And the character... Oh, goodness. Yeah, she's not a Jojo fan. And our next character is Cool Ice slash Vanilla Ice from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stars Crusaders. Alright, you have me lost already, so you have the floor. I thought we shared rent, so it's both of our floors. For anyone who's a Jojo fan, Cool Ice is basically the second to last person that the Stars Crusaders face before they confront Dio. And Cool Ice shows himself to be so loyal to Dio to a T. His first major appearance that we see in both the anime and the manga, he goes into Dio's chamber, he reports to Dio that, hey, these two stand years have been defeated, and the Joe Stars are making their way upstairs as we speak. And Dio basically says, I need blood because... Sorry to interrupt this podcast, but I'm laughing at the cat who's sitting on the floor and just yawned at us. Oh my god. Oh, look at him. So cute. Alright, back to what you were saying before I sadly interrupted this podcast. So Dio basically states that he needs blood to finish his healing, and what Cool Ice does is he basically cuts his own head off to fill a jar of blood for Dio, just to prove how loyal he 
is to the mad vampire. And Dio rewards his loyalty by giving him some of his own blood, turning him into a vampire. The fact of the matter is, if you insult Dio to cool ice, he loses it. One of our protagonists, who is actually a cute dog that is a Boston Terrier Aww. that makes stuff out of sand, that's his superpower. Aww. He makes a replica of Dio basically to say, go upstairs, that's where the main Stars is. And Cool Ice loses it because he knows Dio would never come downstairs. And he attacks the dog straight up. He kicks Iggy to the point of death. Just out of love and loyalty to this vampire, to But Dio. someone who sat there and literally kicked someone to death. I guess we're going evil Hufflepuff, but... I can never see a Hufflepuff doing that. That's the messed up loyalty that is Dio, that Cool Ice and many of the nine Egyptian gods have to Dio. Because as Jotaro says, the way Dio interacts with people is almost like a cult leader. Dio is able to persuade people to like to follow him. Follow Dio and he'll give you whatever you desire in life. So and is this person truly loyal to him and love him of all things? Or are they just like prideful in their cult that they're a part of if you cut off your own head for this one person so that they can have blood to heal that's loyalty to that one person cool eyes doesn't care about his allies or anything or like the cause he just cares about dio see i wonder if that then makes him a i could be wrong a slytherin because he's not loyal to all almost he is loyal to this one thing to the point of maybe he is just so prideful in that one person when that that be, it has taken over and made him like that. He is not. He has no sense of being loyal to anything ever. I mean, wouldn't that be the same argument for Bellatrix? I guess, but isn't Bellatrix is technically somewhat loyal to the Death Eaters? Well, if Voldemort told Bellatrix to kill a Death Eater for him, she would do it. True. So I guess if that's what we're going off of originally, then you're right. He is an evil Hufflepuff. Yes. I'm just going to say we love Iggy. Iggy was the cutest Boston Terrier that loved coffee-flavored gum. I actually shed a tear when Iggy died. Oh, God. Sorry. That was an emotional one. Okay, then. On to my next one. And, sadly, my last one. He's still going to go on for a couple people. I apparently ran out of ideas. But my last one I actually got from one of my friends named Amanda. Amanda, if you're out there watching... This is all from you. We love or you. Or not watching, listening. We love you long time, Amanda. So my last one is Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. The reason Amanda told me about this one is because, in her opinion, it truly takes something terribly wrong happening in your life to create an evil Hufflepuff. She's not so, oh my god, evil Hufflepuffs are all over the world because of loyalty, patience, and hard work. What we have to go on here for evil Hufflepuff Doofenshmirtz, is he is totally hardworking and never gives up, and it has undivided loyalty to the ones he cares about, like his daughter, and he also has hard work and patience when it comes to being Perry the Platypus's villain. He is dedicated and almost loyal to Perry in the fact that he is his villain, and what happened with him is his whole family, his brothers, everyone was just so, so terribly terribly evil to him that that is what brought him to where he was as we see in like different episodes and a couple flashbacks he wasn't really born an evil person he's a bitter due to his parents and his brothers who were total jerks to him in his whole childhood according to my friend i haven't actually looked this up the creators of phineas and ferb have actually said doofenshmirtz is a hufflepuff i concur because I mainly watch Phineas and Ferb for Doofenshmirtz and Perry the Platypus. Phineas and Ferb are cool, but it's those two that sell the show for me. And I always remember this backstory. His parents disowned him. Being raised by ocelots, his 
father used him as a lawn gnome and he had to wear girls clothes because they were expecting a girl and his parents abandoned him right after he was born. Literally, right after he was born. That's like so messed up and that really, that all of that should really does show why he's like evil. But at the same time, you can see a bit of the public puff because he has, he's loyal to his daughter. He loves his he loves her. He's civil with his ex-wife. I mean, despite the terrible fate that life has given to him, yeah, he's evil, but at least he's caring to his own family as opposed to the way his parents was to him. So that's actually He's loyal to his family. As I said, I think he is somehow, even though he is the villain to Perry's hero, loyal to Perry the Platypus. I mean, he has a song called Mine Little Nemesis and I love the song. Oh, he is just as loyal to Perry as he is his child, in the fact that he would want to keep fighting him for all of eternity. And if Perry ever got hurt or actually died, I think he would be depressed. And also, at the end of the series, he does actually turn into a good guy. Kind of, yeah. That may even destroy my thing of evil Hufflepuff, because if someone then turns good, are they still an evil Hufflepuff or just a Hufflepuff in general? We'll just say Doobensmirth is... Doobensmirth is a Hufflepuff. Yeah. An evil one? I'm not sure if you can truly say that anymore. Now, that is the end of my character, sadly. But I've been told you have a couple more. So, my next character is Magneto from the X-Men. Ooh, someone I actually know about very well now. So, the reason why I say Magneto is because he's loyal to mutant kind. He wants to see his race, obviously. Magneto is fully evil, you would say, right? Before we get into this? Anti-villain and anti-hero. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Could he ever, before we even get into this, could he really be considered an evil Hufflepuff because he is an anti-hero? I mean, if you watch X-Men 1 and 2, like if you watch the original three X-Men movies, I would say villain because he is the main villain of those movies. And in certain cases, in certain cartoons, he's the main villain. If you watch Wolverine and the X-Men, he tries to nuke humanity. True. If I can call Doofenshmirtz evil, we can call Magneto evil, so keep going. So Magneto is an evil Hufflepuff because he's loyal to mutant kind. He's always coming up with plans that had different players and parts to it, so he's very much patient and hardworking to his goals. The reason why I'm, he's evil is the methods he takes is a little bit more extreme. You can at least say his evil is kind of explained because in every iteration he is a Holocaust survivor going through Holocaust syndrome. So he doesn't want to see mutant kind being treated in the same vein as the Jews were treated under Nazi, you know, Nazi rule. So he's willing to go the extra mile, even if it means killing a bunch of humans and maybe killing, possibly, not killing, but injuring X-Men and Professor Xavier for his goals of mutant society standing supreme. Is he proud of mutants? I always have to go back to the proud thing. Is he proud and obsessed and power hungry with them? And that's why he's killing these people? Or is there more caring and loyalty towards them? Like, is he treating them like his family he is proud of? Very devoted to and thinks they're better than the rest of the universe? Because then that would go more into Slytherin territory. I mean, if he was that prideful, I mean, he might... I would say he would have tried to spare, like, a few X-Men instead of trying to kill good portion of the X-Men. Obviously, Charles Xavier is one of those people where he's like, I don't want to kill you. You, I want to keep. But there's also some parts where he might be prideful, but like, there are parts of times where he's even treated his own kids as expendable pawns. Like, if you watch Wolverine and the X-Men, you, you, he's very cold with Quicksilver. He wouldn't even allow his own son Is to that go. out of disloyal, like, loyalty to something else? Like, I know Magneto, but like, I'm trying to figure out his personality here. I mean... Because I'm not sure if he sounds like a Hufflepuff or maybe just a good and not very deeply into Slytherin. 
kind of guy. I mean, if he was Slytherin, he would have his whole life dedicated to letting his kids in. Again, in Wolverine X-Men, he's distant with Pietro. In X-Men Evolutions, he puts Wanda into an insane asylum. Just everything. So there are times where he literally is more loyal to his cause than he is for whatever people's around him. And, like, he will use, like, there are times he will use the X-Men to his own advantage. Or use Charles Xavier to his own advantage and put Mystique so in So you're saying he's more loyal to his cause than to his people. Well, his cause is his people. His way is thinking, like, if I could advance mutant society by sacrificing few mutants, I would do it. Okay, then that makes a little bit more sense. Because, in my opinion, being more loyal to a cause than any human is more of a Slytherin thing. I could be wrong, but you have to, I think, be loyal to at least a couple humans to still have somewhat of a Hufflepuff in you. You have to be able to care for at least one human on Earth to be a Hufflepuff. That is correct, and I am being distracted by the cat. He's he's snapping on his beanbag. It is so adorable. All right. You have a couple more characters? How many? I have I have two characters, but this is actually going to be a question I want to pose to the people who are listening. All right, people who are listening, Jalen has a question for you. So, again, this one's from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, this time part two, Battle Tendency. And my evil Hufflepuff, well, actually, I have one determined evil Hufflepuff and one that I want to ask any JoJo fans that are listening. First is Wamu. So, Wamu, for those of you who don't know, is a pillar man, and pillar men are basically Aztecian gods from ancient times who created the stone mask that allows Dio to become a vampire, which sets off Joseph's adventure entirely. Wamu is the warrior type of the pillar men. He's loyal to his two masters, Cars and ACDC. So he's loyal to them. He's willing to go along with their goals of achieving, like, total immortality where they can walk among the sun and just, you know, be, like, the perfect life forms. He's loyal to them, but the reason why he's a good Hufflepuff is because he's loyal to the rules of battle. When he faces off against Caesar and Joseph Joestar, like, even though they're enemies, he shows good form towards them. He honors their sacrifices, and even when he's fighting them to his best, he still, like, treats them as honorable warriors, even though they're enemies. The reason why I say Wamu is an evil Hufflepuff because at the end he kind of forms a friendship with Joseph, which is if you're evil, like even only even Hufflepuff would, would form a friendship with the very person that killed them. I don't know if you have any points you want to add from the Hufflepuff perspective for this character. I don't know. That's a very, very more complicated one because that's almost blind loyalty. When you make it into blind loyalty, does that make you even more of a Hufflepuff? Or less of a Hufflepuff because you're not thinking clearly about your loyalty and being smart with it. Well, that is a main trait of the Hufflepuff. Does that then make you another house? I mean, his loyalty to cars and ACDC is, well, they're the only three remain, well, technically there's four, members of the Pillarmen Society. And we'll talk about the reason for, well, we'll talk about cars in a second because he's the Hufflepuff that, the possible evil Hufflepuff. And they practically raise Wamu from like a little kid. So, not a little kid, but a baby. Wamu's loyalty is, I would say, I think it would be blind loyalty, but like he's loyal to the people who raise them and like the only members of their kind. So I think loyalty by necessity, but also loyalty by choice. For you JoJo fans out there, the potential evil Hufflepuff is Cars. So Cars is the main inventor of the stone mask. He was the smartest pillar man of his time, and he basically wanted to find a way to create 
methods to help the pillarmen survive walking in sunlight. If the pillarmen walk in sun, they basically turn into stone. So he says, look, we don't need to be living underground. We are the we're more advanced than humans. Let us walk above ground. And he tried to create stone masks to unlock the hidden potential of the pillarmen. So he was doing this for the betterment of his race. However, his society basically said, no, what you're doing is wrong. It's heresy. So him, along with his partner, ACDC, basically destroys the entire culture. The entire Pillman culture would save for two infants. The reason why I ask if he is an evil Hufflepuff because, well, Pillman lives for thousands of years, so Kara's quest for becoming the ultimate life form, he's been doing this since nearly the dawn of time on Earth. I'll stop you right there. If his quest is to become the ultimate life form, he is not an evil Hufflepuff. That is too much pride and wanting power and wanting to be everything in the center of it all. That automatically, I think, makes him a Slytherin. Even though he wanted it for an entire culture like he wanted to help his entire culture yeah. become that yeah just because he wants to be successful above all he wants to be the best thing he can be even if he wants his entire culture to be the best thing he still wants to be number one if you want to be number one you are a slytherin like voldemort wants to be number one he wants all of the purebloods to be number one. And he is still an obvious Slytherin. Okay, maybe. I well, may have just answered the question, but if you guys disagree with me, go right ahead. Jojo fans, take notice. And I, that's all my characters. The only character I had left was Lobo, but looking back at it, he's like a bad Gryffindor. Alright, those are more common than you may think. So, in the case of the evil Hufflepuff, we at Geeks Speak say they do exist. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and remember... If there's a cookie missing in the cookie jar, blame the evil Hufflepuff. Those darn evil Hufflepuffs!